0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Shadow Self the podcast. I'm your host Tim Bearden and last week we talked a little bit about the spiritual enneagram and exactly what spirituality has to do with this personality theory and how it helps. Now this week we're going to take that concept a little bit further and talk about cancel culture. Specifically how cancel culture affects our mental wellness as it's canceling out forgiveness. Now Forgiveness and spirituality go hand in hand, so that's why I said that we're going to take last week's concept and we're going to build on it a little bit more this week. And it seems like every day I read the news, something new is happening in our cancel culture. We said au revoir to Pepe Le Pew. Dr. Seuss's family removed insensitive material from circulation by retiring six of his books. Disney Plus has aged up a few of their more culturally insensitive cartoon movies. Actors are getting reprimanded or fired for what they said on social media or other platforms, and any dissenting opinion. For or against, is met with either anger, aggression, ridicule, or judgment, followed by cutting off contact completely with that person. It seems like everywhere we turn, there's something new to be outraged about and someone new to condemn and shun. And I get it. I'm a passionate guy myself. I've been known to get swept up in the emotions of what seems to be a righteous or justifiable cause. But I've always had friends to tell me when I'm getting carried away or to take a breath and let the situation marinate. Those are my canaries. The problem we have as a society is we have no canary to tell us when we've gone too far anymore. I'm not saying that change isn't good, or even necessary. Pepe's unwanted advances to Penelope are part of a culture that viewed relentless pursuit as a if-at-first-you-don't-succeed type of mentality, but we don't live in that society anymore when it comes to romantic relationships. Should we change the way he's portrayed or remove the character from future Looney Tunes? Yes because the media should reflect current societal values. Is it worth the trouble of remaking those Disney films that were a little more on the culturally insensitive side? Absolutely. We have learned from our past and have changed our values and behaviors based on a wider, wider knowledge base. And that's part of growth, learning where you went wrong and correcting it. But that doesn't mean erasing the past either. And this is new territory, so there are very few canaries to tell you when you've gone too far. Well, friends, Let me sing you a song of empathy, because if we looked in the rearview mirror, I'm not sure we would even register the existence of forgiveness. And that has to change. We've become so short-sighted in our own reality that we forget about the truth, and those are two different things entirely. We want to be right, and the other person to be punished. But the problem is, we're both wrong, and we're both right. Reality is just an illusion created by the observer. And the truth exists somewhere in the middle of the opposite versions of reality. Okay, yeah, that's a bit heady. You know, You know, we're out there, we're here, but we're not there. And the truth is out there too. No, 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 no. It's way more down to earth than that. So I'm not going to get too philosophical on you here. There are other podcasts for that. Instead, think of it this way. Reality is based on perspective, which is a subjective observation. Whereas truth is based on objective observation. Which we humans are incapable of 100% of the time, all the time. Now, a type 5 or anything with a 5 wing is going to sit there and go, I could be objective. I can totally be objective in these situations. And because they believe they can. But even if they can, and people can be objective in certain situations, but we can't be objective all the time. And that's what the Enneagram helps us see. The Enneagram also shows us how people can grow and change. We don't have to be these angry, divisive people we are now. We can learn to work together and see the world more honestly. If we look through the lens of others, we begin to see the truth rather than reality. Now, how does the Enneagram help us with this? Well, the whole basis of the Enneagram is there are nine distinct main types, numbered one through nine. Each has a set of core motivations, and each has a unique way of looking at the world. Now. We're also capable of unique thought patterns and have different sets of experiences that help us shape how we see the world. We have different upbringings, different cultures, different ways of thinking and doing things. And all of these are competing with our base programming or our main types of motivations. This is what makes the Enneagram stand out against other personality theories and assessments. We don't simply observe behavior and make assumptions based on our biased lens. We help understand the motivations behind the behavior In other words we don't give a damn about the what we care about the why the surface representation of a learned response is the same idea that anger is a secondary emotion it's the presenting problem but not the root issue and we don't care about the presenting problem as much as the root cause sure we want to help you through that presenting problem but that is the difference in mental health versus mental wellness mental health practitioners can and will help you get to the root cause, but they have to worry about the presenting problem first. Anything else would be irresponsible for them because as I've mentioned before, most people don't worry about their mental health and wellness until it's already gotten unmanageable. So these practitioners have to get you back to a manageable state before they can start working on the root cause. Now, as wellness coaches and specialists, we don't get those cases as often. So we are able to worry about the root cause and allow that to correct the presenting problem over time. And we do that using the Enneagram. It's showing itself to be the best personality model to date and it requires an individual to fully see their actions and behaviors and learn traits through their motivations and the lens of their type. When someone starts thinking in that manner, it naturally progresses to thinking about others in the same way. We have to improve from the inside out. This allows us to see the world through other people's perspectives And creates empathy, because now it's obvious, you and I, we aren't so different. So much like I did last week, I'm going to read you some song lyrics. And these spoke out to me while I was writing this podcast. It's from a song called Revolutionary by Josh Wilson. And, well, yes, it's a Christian song. I think the sentiment is something that will resonate with believers and non-believers alike. Let's take some time, open our eyes, look and listen. And we're going to find we're more alike than we are different. Why does kindness seem revolutionary? When did we let hate get so ordinary? Let's turn it around, flip the script. Judge slow, love quick. God, help us get revolutionary. Now, if that doesn't call out cancel culture almost directly, am I right? It's like, wow, that is exactly what we're doing. We glamorize contempt and sarcasm and completely forget how to be kind and understanding. I think the biggest problem with cancel culture may be the fact it victimizes or villainizes someone rather than treating them as an actual person because if we believe that person's behavior is inherent to their identity it makes it easier to manufacture character defects we no longer accept the notion a person can change and grow like the enneagram suggests now the enneagram looks at the motivations of a person's defense strategy or how one survives by doing this we have time to allow the client to reveal their motivations to us rather than we inform them what their motivations are. And that's the big difference in the Enneagram and the other assessments. We put the onus on the client because only true change happens when you want it to. And this takes a lot of peeling of layers to get there. Because once we've learned a defense strategy from youth and programmed it into our existing one, or different defense strategies from traumas, or even culture that we're not fully aware of, we have to peel back those layers, and it makes understanding the Enneagram even more difficult for your average person on their own. Because unlike other personality assessments, it isn't just for the casual pop psychologist or personality enthusiast. It can be that, if that's all the further you want to go, but that won't help you fully embrace and undergo true, lasting change. This increasingly popular theory is full of complexities and layers only an Enneagram coach or specialist can help you with. It requires you to take a hard look at yourself, though, and realize that other people aren't the problem. You are. We can look at ourselves in the mirror all we want, but when you are too close to the problem, biased. You need a fresh perspective. By only relying on ourselves, we can fall into this trap. Well, that's just who I am, when we act a certain way. And that's the lazy answer, because it shows you don't fully understand why, nor do you care to take the time to figure it out. You just accept it is what it is. Let's say you went to buy a car. Would you just take a look at the outside and the previous owner's word for it that it's in great condition and purchase the car? The model itself had some recalls the owner didn't tell you about or take care of. Now, one of those parts breaks, so you confront the owner. And you want to ask him, hey, why didn't you tell me about this to begin with? Or why didn't you get these fixed? Or what the problem is? And he just points to the ear of the model on the paperwork and says, that's just the kind of car it is. Like you were just supposed to know and accept the consequences of his actions. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be tempted to teach him a schoolyard lesson. And I would probably tell him with many choice words just exactly where he could stick his is-what-it-is attitude, and I would see him in small claims court. I'm willing to wager you would have a similar reaction, yes? So if we aren't going to accept that from someone else, why on earth would we accept an answer from ourselves without anger and wanting to understand why? And in comes the Enneagram and mental wellness coaching, because it forces you to see other perspectives than your own, and that helps you realize your own unhealthy learned behaviors. Perhaps then it's really no surprise that people seem reluctant to accept the Enneagram. It changes the responsibility from the coach, specialist, therapist, etc. to fix the person over to the client for them to understand what's going on inside of them. It requires us to take responsibility for our own actions and worry less about other people's behaviors and what caused our actions. It teaches us actually a principle from Christianity. If you want to remove the speck of dust from your brother's eye, you must first remove the plank from your own. Basically, don't be a hypocrite. You do things that others would consider appalling and can pass that off as just the person you are. But you turn around and judge others and tell them they need to change their behavior. And what's funny about this is we most often dislike others, or the things we most like, dislike in others, It's often something we see inside of ourselves. And instead of dealing with what causes us to behave that way, we play a game of smoke and mirrors by pointing the finger in someone else's direction. We've all done it at one point or another. There's no shame in it. It's just something we do. We have to forgive ourselves, though, before we can forgive others. And to do that, we have to stop condemning everyone involved. And that includes ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean our actions or behaviors don't come without consequences. They do and should. People get fired for saying things on their social media because they represent the company they work for, and we can outcry about this free speech all we want, but the company is a person, according to the government. It has its own right to free speech. Therefore, if you're not in line with the image of the company, you're no longer infringing on your free speech because you work for a private entity who has their own free speech. At this point, you disagree on values, and the company can sever the relationship because of it. To think of it another way, you wouldn't date or get involved with someone who clearly has different values than you, right? Someone that has different ways of raising their kids and managing money? And it doesn't make them a bad person inherently, but it does make them wrong for you. The same goes with a company and an employee. They could be fired for what they say if it is against the official message or image of the company. But what we shouldn't be doing is kicking those people while they're down once they've made that mistake. Take Gina Carano's firing, for example. Now, whether you think what she said was bad or not is irrelevant. The perception was it was anti-Semitic in nature because it compared first world political plight with that of persecution and genocide of six million people. And I'm not here to debate the merits of what she said either. You can take either side. I'm just using it as an example because she has every right to say it if she so chooses. But the consequences were made very clear in previous infractions where she spoke out in opposition to what her employer's message was, in this case, Disney. And that often results in disciplinary action. It's the same as a teacher getting fired accidentally for posting something on Facebook that she hates screaming kids while standing in a long line at a grocery store. While you're frustrated, and that's true, probably at that moment, it's not going to sit well with the district. And that teacher's probably going to lose his or her job. It's the same concept. Everyone deserves grace and understanding on a public side, though, even if we don't want to give it to them, even if it makes us sick to our stomach to think of it. And for some of you, I'm sure it does. It's upside down thinking and contrary to everything we learn as a society, but it's everything our literature and media has taught us over the years. The morals are in there if you're doing more than just passively watching or reading it. We have to treat each other better and be more understanding, or we'll end up destroying each other. It's happened countless times throughout history. Why not take this opportunity to learn from that mistake? That's what growth is all about, right? Learning from and changing past behavior. That's also why culturally insensitive material, while offensive, still provides educational value to future generations. By removing this culturally insensitive material that was once part of pop culture, denies us the ability to have hard conversations with our kids about our past. Instead, we're more interested in removing it, so we can eventually either say it never happened or sweep it under the rug when we're confronted about it. We're so embarrassed by our past that we can't or won't face it anymore. If this keeps up, there will eventually be a generation of kids who are misled into thinking we have always been sensitive to others. (laughs) And that denies them the chance to see how people can learn and grow even if it takes hundreds of years. Change isn't fast, nor is it pretty, nor is it easy. Oftentimes, change is brutal, ugly, and downright discouraging while you're in the throes of it. One must remember the ugliness, though, to appreciate the beauty in the change. And that's yet another benefit of the Enneagram. It helps us change our perspective of the ugly parts within us. It allows us to look at ourselves with more understanding and grace and see the diamond forming from all the pressure. Change is hard and stressful. But the results are breathtaking understanding your enneagram type feels just like this like you're seeing the world from new eyes again and the deeper you dig into the complexities the more detailed and vibrant the colors within yourself become yes it's okay to want to change and grow we should it's okay to admit we made mistakes in the past and learn from them that's part of humility which allows us to grow more fully We should demand change for injustice or other harmful representations of people, but we needn't make enemies in the process. As Josh Wilson says, maybe you're not like me, and maybe we don't agree, but that doesn't mean we got to be enemies. So your canary has sang you a song of empathy, letting you know that we've gone too far into cancel culture, but that's okay because we can change now that we've learned a new information, yeah? That's all for this week, everyone. Now, don't forget, I have my Parenting Through the Enneagram class coming up on March 21st at 1 p.m. Central. Come and learn about the Enneagram, how it relates to parenting, how to recognize types in your children, and even have an opportunity to learn what your type is. It's going to be a great time, but there's only 15 slots available, so join soon. It's only $24.99 until Monday, March 15th, so be sure to buy your tickets now before they go up in price. This has been Tim Bearden with Shadow Self the Podcast. Have a great week, everyone, and shine on.